Oh my god, I just remember what fucking scene happens next. Uh, okay. So they're meeting up at Cassie's barn and they're like, okay, so what's the best way to spy on horse controllers? We morph horses is Cassie's uh, fairly logical response. Mm-hmm. Um, as she, we get this good little description of her making a fox take its, um, the fox that had been giving Cassie a hungry look when she morphed Osprey in front of it the day before. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jake's just like, you've morphed horse before, right? And Cassie points out that she'd morphed the one that was at the, um, center at the mm-hmm. clinic, but, uh, how she's got distinctive markings and they can't go around looking like a bunch of six identical horses. Right. Um, just like identical horses, sweet valley horses. Mm, that could be a TV show. I appreciate <laughs> nobody responds to that particular bit. Um, and uh, Axe comments that uh, he is pro uh, turning into a horse because it's a quadruped. Mm-hmm. Um, much better way to move around. Uh, mm-hmm. And so they're like, okay, so where do we find six horses? Uh, Tobias suggests the gardens, but how, uh, Cassie points out those are just exotic horse breeds. Um, uh, farms, no. And then they decide on going to the racetrack. Mm-hmm. Uh Rachel's dad gets cool points for placing a bet for her. And Axe is just like, ugh, humans and your money. Uh, and Jake's just like, okay, we're going to the racetrack. We get some horses. Uh, then we fly out to the drylands to spy on the modest horses. Yeah. And Michael's just like, again, that's what we do every Saturday. <laughs> um, I do like how Axe uh, immediately catches on to what they would bet on with horses. Mm-hmm. Humans bet on horses to see which is faster (laughs) (laughs) and it's the what they bet that confuses him Mm -hmm. so and they have gambling just not normal money just not like a normal concept of currency (laughs) yeah (laughs) um but yeah and so we're talking about why would yurks be taking over horses yeah they keep coming back to this yeah and mark points out like it's got to be about zone 91 um which, of course, he does, but Cassie kind of agrees because they don't mm-hmm. know what the Air Force is doing there. Um, and posits that it could be a super weapon, and Axe laughs at the notion of a human weapon that could frighten the Yerks um, because Andalite, yep. uh, because Cassie's kind of insulted about this, even if Axe is probably right. Um, it's just like, I don't care. Uh, I just don't see what the Yerks would care about some kind of alien ship that may be hidden out there. Um Unless they don't know if the stupid conspiracy theory is true or not. Um, and Axe is just like, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> however, the Yerks would know if there was something non-human on the planet because mm-hmm. their sensors can do analysis of the alloys. They might not be as technically advanced as Andalites, but they're not totally primitive. Um, <laughs> I know Axe doesn't mean to sound condescending, but sometimes he ends up sounding that way just the same. Um, of course, then he'd kind of spoil the whole Mr. Spot Commander Data thing by saying something like, is wood tasty? Is it good to eat? <laughs> um, yeah, but you would want to use plenty of salt, was Marco's response to that. <laughs> uh, and Jake's like, you know, it'd be really weird if the whole conspiracy thing turned out to be true. <laughs> um, <laughs> what a Jake. What a. <laughs> uh, and, 
Uh, Rachel says, for one thing, I'd have to apologize to Marco. Uh, for another thing, maybe whatever it is they have hidden out there at Zone 91 really could be used to penetrate the secrets of York technology. Uh, and so, first stop is the racetrack. Uh, this is they such a clusterfuck. It is. They don't stop even once to explain any of the shit to X. <laughs> mm-hmm. like, I'm sorry. They, I'm, I'm going to call us out. This is dumb kids at the zoo levels of fuckery. It is. is it really is. <laughs> uh, they use seagull morph to get to the uh, get to the racetrack. It's entertaining um, because they keep getting distracted by food. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so they find an empty stall um, in one of the stables star demorphing and quickly realize that hmm five uh, sorry four humans and an andalite demorphing takes up quite a lot of room <laughs> um and they're sort of mm, i think cassie is mostly back to human but still mm-hmm. looks like she's covered in feathers mm-hmm. uh and just a couple of dudes walk into the stables like what you doing? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing in that stall? And what and the fuck what is, is that the... thing behind you? <laughs> um, yeah. And Cassie's just like, Axe, keep your head down. Yeah. Um, yep. Uh, and the, the, the guy's like, I asked you kids what you're doing here. And Cassie's like, grooming our horse. Duh. Uh, <laughs> Rachel's eyebrow shut up. Our horse? Oh, yeah, that's exactly what we're doing. Grooming our horse. Small for a horse, the second man said skeptically. What are you feeding that poor swayback nag? Horse food, Marco said. <laughs> horse you food. Know, horse food. <laughs> yeah. So you um, should you see know. how many cans this guy can eat. Man, all day long I'm opening cans of horse food and filling his dish. <laughs> <laughs> I practically screamed. He's such a kidder. Of course, we're not feeding our horse food from cans. We're feeding him elf alpha and hay, like you feed any horse. My friend is such a joker. Total joke machine. Your horse is blue. The second man observed. Never seen a blue horse. Never seen kids wearing feathers on their face either. Cigar said, and I've seen a lot of things in my time. Jake was looking at me, waiting for me to come up with an answer. So was Rachel. So was Marco. Our horse was blue. There was no denying that. And yes, we had white and gray feathers sticking out of the sleeves and collars of our morphing suits. We like blue horses, I said lamely. Someday all horses will be blue, Jake agreed. (laughs) You can step out of there, this ain't right. (laughs) Um, And Axe puts an end to this conversation, thankfully. Uh, Cassie feels... Uh, his body twitch and panics that he's gonna attack the two humans but instead he slices through the overhead railing uh so it falls down and like cracks these dudes on the head and they book it Mm -hmm. four kids and a very strange blue horse yep uh and tobias who's already tobias who's gone off to get his own horse morph because he can acquire, he obviously he acquires morphs while in hawk mode now. Uh, just like, I leave you guys alone for two minutes. And what have you done? Um, <laughs> I can't believe And so the kids done. are running. <laughs> I can't believe it. Um, but Jake's like, okay, we can lose ourselves in the crowd. Um, but Cassie gets cut off by a stall door uh, flying open. Mm-hmm. Um, but the. But uh, the stables are getting more full as people start uh, 
pouring in, like worried about whatever these people invading the stables might be doing to their horses. Uh, Cassie ducks into one of the horse stalls. Uh, it's the stall of a large, angry stallion. Um, but she acquires it. It puts it in a bit of a trance. Um, and then, uh, one of the, the people looking for them is like, well, one of them is still in this barn. We got to find out where they are. Uh, and Cassie, uh, decides that the logical thing to do is to morph the horse whose stall she is in. Um, meanwhile, uh, the trumpet for the start of the race is going off. Um, and, uh, Cassie, <sighs> Cassie has morphed a horse before, but she's not ready for this horse because racehorses are meant to be high strung and aggressive and just a little mean. Uh, Search every stall, a voice cried. Who knows what those kids have been doing to the horses? They turned one horse blue. <laughs> uh, she morphs. Just, I can't it, with this. Like, we get this <laughs> good thing about, like, how weird the field of vision for horses are, because mm -hmm. obviously the eyes on the side of the head and that, uh, like, it's very nearsighted, except right at the front of the field of vision. Mm -hmm. Um. And uh, the actual horse, who is just, like, looking at her, like, what the fuck? And is really disconcerted because it can't smell anything. Because, mm -hmm. obviously, it smells like them. Mm -hmm. um, and they're not, the horse brain is not prepared to deal with other horse that smells like yourself. So it doesn't smell <laughs> like anything. Um, uh, which actually makes it chill out, apparently. Mm -hmm. It's just it's like, like, this is too weird to deal with. I'm just going to chill. I'm just gonna yeah, you know what, that. Fuck this. Uh, yeah, just like John Mulaney, this might as well happen. <laughs> uh, um, but in this instance, the uh, talks about how uh, somebody comes along, just like uh, Cassie gets out of the stall and just mistaken for the horse. She just yeah. moved Minneapolis Max, who is about to be in the race. Mm hmm. Uh. She just morphed the horse who's expected to go on to win the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> <laughs> so they take her to the race. Like, yep. Uh, uh, this is just like, she checks in with everybody. Yep. I'm in morph. Look at the track. We'll see the horses being led to the starting gate. See the jockey in red and green, number 24. And Tobias is like, you're kidding. No, Tobias. I am not kidding. And she's just like, oh, it's a long story. I have a race to run. Mm -hmm. um, Marco checks in it's fine uh, Marco's just like who's worried I just want to know if you're going to win I have five bucks I could bet on you <laughs> and what I really like about this we get the business of getting into the gate is Cassie talks to the jockey yep straight up <laughs> and this uh. jockey deals remarkably well with the fact that the horse is talking to him yep uh, especially because the bell rings and they're out of the gate um, one thing I really enjoy about this bit is that, like, Cassie is in control of the morph, but also isn't. Mm -hmm. Um, like, she's definitely along for the ride of, uh, what the horse wants to do, but also she's herself. Um, I appreciate there's an element of fuck this other stallion in particular. I know. <laughs> didn't like. Yep. Uh, but she runs, uh, explodes out of the gate. Uh, it's very exciting. Um, and the jockey is trying to rein her in and trying to conserve her strength and stamina. Uh, but she says, forget winning. The point is not to win. The point is just to run. 
uh, which I love, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, and to his credit, he doesn't fall off in shock. And also to his credit, he gave me control. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> and- Don't fade on me now, talking horse. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh Fuck. the the benefit that Cassie has besides the other horse is that she knows that the finish line is not far off and knows that she can pour every last ounce of energy into running. She can override the horse instincts to slow down. Um and she wins the fucking race. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly two feet ahead of the other stallion. Yep. And I'd like to put out the next chapter. Is like later. It's like a day later. Yeah. Oh no, it it's them at the drylands having flight out. No addressing how yep. she gets out of that situation. Yep. In time. Just, <laughs> 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 just works out. Don't worry about it. Because they, uh, they rolled really well on their disengagement. <laughs> Apparently so. Um but because of all the chaos, everyone was able to acquire a horse morph. Mm-hmm. And uh, they they just fly out to the drylands, and Marco's just like got this picture of how we all, they all morph race horses, and then betting on each other, and just like oh, and just starts doing some rapid fire maths about how much money they could earn doing this. <laughs> and Rachel's like, "You barely scrape by in your math classes." And Marco's like, "It's a whole different thing when you're multiplying money." <laughs> and Cassie comments, "The just like this is all they talk about all the way to the drylands, <laughs> the whole way." We've already established this is a long flight. Uh, they spot the same bunch of horses as before. Jake uh, clarifies, "Oh, it's the modest horses." Yep, that's them. I remember their markings. Um, the main group of horse controllers picked up a few tagalongs, uh, which makes sense because the real horses don't know that these are York-infested horses, so they just try to be part of the same herd. Um, which I don't think is how horse herds work, but okay. Um, yeah, I thought they were more like familial groups. Yeah, uh, with a with a lead mare and and all that business. Although maybe if there were some like juveniles who hadn't found a herd yet, and they were like, "Oh, yeah, well, this herd isn't kicking us out, so let's just uh yeah, go here." And the Yorks don't know any better. Yeah. Um. So they all, uh, they all land and demorph, uh, and morph horse. Uh, meanwhile, they're all still talking about Zone Ninety One. Um, because that's where the horses are headed. Axe still doesn't fucking understand what Zone 91 is. I understand what a racetrack is now, a place where horses chase each other in circles as humans scream. But what exactly is Zone 91? You were all talking about it before, but I'm still confused. You probably already know what's going on at Zone 91, Marco said darkly. (laughs) Which is just like, Marco! (laughs) Listen, this dumb boy, he don't know nothing. I don't know much about animals, <laughs> like, but obviously this dumb motherfucker doesn't know shit about shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. And I appreciate, like, this is where the book fully lays out. If you hadn't picked it up, it's a secret base. They say it's a place where the government is hiding an alien spaceship that supposedly crashed here about 50 years ago. Who is they? Axost. Marco is they, Rachel said. Which I read that because she's like, hmm, non binary Marco. Get to the point. <laughs> Um, but then we get some, again, return to that sanism 
Um, yeah, people who go on the internet and call themselves dark truth or whatever. Mm. It's just like, ah, Axe said like he understood. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And the thing is, the horses are now just like walking up to the base. Yep. And uh, Cassie admits like, this is actually a pretty smart way to infiltrate a base. Mm -hmm. Because the Um, real horses go through here all the time. And so the the guards just totally ignore them. Mm-hmm. Um, Cassie twigs that they look too uh, good to be wild horses. They're too clean. So just um, gets everyone to like roll in the dirt and run through some brambles. And uh, yeah, just like by the time the horse control has passed by, we were six dirty, dusty, scruffy looking beasts. But we were also the coolest looking wild horses anyone would ever see. <laughs> After all, one of us could be going on to win the Kentucky Derby. Um, but they're able to join this group the real horses uh, give them like a suspicious look but the controller horses ignore them yep Um, I'm pretty sure Cassie's like I resisted my idiot horse urge to challenge the other stallions to mortal combat and they walk right into area 91 um no one zone 91 zone 91 um yeah i I can't get them mixed up uh and they walk right in no one suspects the horses and then the horses begin to speak gallard what's a gallard it's the it's uh space common language (laughs) i feel like that was gonna give away (laughs) the game speaking it's implied that this is out loud. Mm-hmm. Like, I know it's, but like, because this is not in the like pointy brackets of thought yeah. speak. This yeah. is in italics and normal quotation marks. Yep. Uh, Axe and- says it, they might be speech synthesizers. Um- mm-hmm. <clears throat> Whereas Marco's just commenting that they're in a Mr. Ed rerun. We are in <laughs> Nick at Night Zone. Uh, but uh, yeah, Axe is like that. They're speaking Gallard. And two questions, Jake said tersely. What's Gallard and can they hear us thought speak? And answer the second question first. Um, but uh, why wouldn't Yerks be speaking Yerk or whatever? And, so, and Axe is just like, I don't know. But the standard speech synthesizers use Gallard. Maybe they're quite less sophisticated speech synthesizers. Sometimes it's easier to get older, less cutting edge technology. And I appreciate that fucking ass pull from K.A. Applegate <laughs> right there. Just like, mm-hmm. Good shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but Axe can translate. Yep. So... Uh, they said to follow the plan. If we do this right, we'll be off this idiotic assignment, out of these idiotic, stupid bodies, and back on board ship where we belong. That's what the leader said. Uh, and then the horse group splits up. I cannot get over these fucking horses literally talking to each other. They're I somehow literally didn't talking on to, to each other. That <laughs> the first time I thought it was thought speak. Nope, they're no. literally fucking talking. <laughs> this is so dumb. <laughs> Anyway, the animorphs split up to go with the two different groups of horses, um, and uh, Cassie makes small talk uh, with Tobias, asking how he likes horse morph. Um, compared to flying, it's dull. Compared to the old days when I wouldn't have been able to morph with you guys at all, it's great. <laughs> Nobody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but we get them moving through the base, uh, passing the base exchange, and Jake explaining what that is. Um, mm-hmm. just like the shopping center. 
talk about how warm it is as they're uh, walking through here. And Cassie's mind just starts to wonder, like, uh, the weirdness of the situation is like, and so, okay, is it true? Did a spaceship crash here? Like, given that, like, she's currently morphed as a horse, trailing some aliens, infesting other horses, <laughs> I suppose it would start being conceivable. Maybe a planet do crash here. Mm-hmm. Um, and what are the Yerks trying to do? Is it a bug fighter, an Andalite fighter? Some ship um, belonging to some other race. Mm-hmm. Um, um, the horse controllers then, are really fucking nervous, but they're converging yeah. on the same building. Uh, one of the hangars. Um, and, uh, uh, insanely loud bell goes off. <laughs> um, the horse controllers don't respond at all, except to grow very still and very focused because they are expecting the bell, presumably because some of the bells either, uh, some, the other horses either set it off or this is a regular thing that happens and they planned for this particular moment. No, I, I assume that's a warning sound because it's a very large hangar door going up and they don't want anybody near it mm. in case it drops. Like that's a get away from the door while it's uh-huh. opening bell. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it seems like. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and the, Meet the expert. Okay, they, as soon as this door's up, as soon as the door is up, they just run. just run in. They just run in. Just a fucking bunch of horses running in, and the, even the wild horses follow along because that's what horses do. <laughs> so uh, now there's all these horses in the in this hangar, yep. and the whole and the fucking guards are just like, "What the fuck?" Of course, the horses don't know what they're doing. They're a horse in a hangar. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. <laughs> They've never been in a hangar before. <laughs> they didn't expect to get this far. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Cassie but remarks, yeah. like, why hide in horse bodies so you can come and go without anyone noticing and then do this? And Jake points out it's because the subtle thing isn't working. This is a final desperation move. Mm-hmm. Um, they just, they run in. Um, they bum rush in. Yeah. And they just, like, knock guards out of the way. And, yeah. And the, the soldiers don't shoot uh, because they don't want to hit what's inside. Um, and yeah, they're just knocking people out of the way. Everyone's very confused. Someone's allergic to horses. <laughs> uh, and then they uh, get to the center of the room and everyone just kind of stops and stares at this thing. It was glass on all sides. Glass that looked like it could be a foot thick. Through that glass, we saw a pedestal of shining steel. And all around that pedestal were cameras, sensors, wires, lights, glowing screens, and rows of massive computers. Bathed in the light, high on the pedestal, was something not from this planet. It was about eight feet across. The shape was like a cube with corners rounded off. The entire surface was covered with tubing and painted symbols. At one end was an opening large enough for a person to walk inside. I could just barely get a glimpse of the inside. It was smooth, a lovely green in color, with soft lighting. There was some sort of instrumentation on one wall. Uh, Marco's extremely happy that there's something here. Um, and all of the, <laughs> all of the horses are like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> None of the Yerks know what it is. And Axe is just translating. Um, yeah. And um, the colonel is like, "It would be hilarious at this point if, like, one of the horses knew what it was. Like, the actual <laughs> horses. they're just like, oh yeah, it's this.' 
Uh-huh. You fucking mm-hmm. idiots. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I kind of was bellowing to the uh, sergeant to get the horses out. And the, and the sergeant is like, horses, about face. And it must have surprised the poor sergeant when amazingly we all complied. They <laughs> <laughs> like, just walk away. Walk out. Uh, yeah, so the, the fucking horse controllers walk sadly away <laughs> into the dry lands. Um, the animorphs are shadowing them. And Marco's just like, I don't get it. It was a success. They broke into the hangar. They saw what it was. Why are they depressed? And Jake's like, Axe says they don't know what they saw. It didn't look like a spaceship, Rachel said, but it was definitely something alien. Yeah, but what? Cassie's like, if the Yerks don't know and we don't know and probably the scientists back at the base don't know, then what's the point? Then we get Tobias quoting Shakespeare, which is just beautiful. Um... And, um, yeah, it's a tale told by an idiot full of sound and fury, signifying nothing. Shakespeare. Tobias said, Every conspiracy nut in the world is obsessed by what's back there in that hangar. We saw it and we don't even know what it is. Actually, Axe began, then he stopped. Actually what? Rachel says, Oh, well, I sort of know what it is. It's kind of... And then he gets cut off. Because there's a a bug fighter here. And Visser 3 is here. Visser 3 is always here. Um, and the horse controllers are understandably scared um, and Tobias is just like I can't believe the radar didn't pick that up and actually just like radar is that that human tool that bounces radio beams off objects I don't mean to offend but any Andalite child could build a radar cloak from the pieces of his toys <laughs> <laughs> somehow you are grinding my nerves Axe Rachel said grumpily and that's supposed to be Marco's job Oh my god, I just had an idea. Long term uh-huh. project, Brian. Dante and Kel have to cloak the boat. <laughs> <laughs> Seems pretty easy. Exactly. A child could do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the door of the bug fighter opens. A bunch of Hork Bajir warriors come out. Uh, and then Visser 3 is here because Visser 3 is always here. Uh, he asks for a report. Um, and the horse controller, uh, tries to hedge. Uh, Visser says, don't waste my time. Did you succeed or did you fail? Uh, and when the horse does not speak fast enough, he kills the horse. Um, no, actually he doesn't kill the horse. He puts his blade to the horse's throat. Uh, did you penetrate the facility? Yes or no? The horse controller answers yes. Did you see the objects the humans are hiding in there? The object we know is constructed of non-human alloys. Yes. And can you now tell me what it is? The horse controller hesitates, and then the viscer kills the horse. Um, he decapitates he, the horse. He decapitates the horse, which is a uh, like a, kind of a, a feat. Honestly, it's not like decapitating mm-hmm. a human. Um, yeah, there's a lot more neck on a horse. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know much about um, horses, but I know they got a lot of neck. <laughs> um, but yeah, and the, the viscer at this point is doing his best messy bitch vibes, uh, <laughs> chewing them all out. Weeks have been wasted setting up this effort. First, we lose that clumsy fool, Corin457, when he was bitten by a snake. And now we've lost poor Jelay926. <laughs> the viscer indicated to the no longer in one piece horse controller, like it had been someone else's fault he'd been lost. Can the, can the Yurk not climb out of the head, I assume? Like, is it like the shock of getting killed, like, just kills yeah. you outright? 
Yeah, when the when the brain dies, it it becomes very impossible for the yerk to disengage. Okay, that's why I figured it was something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've just always wondered why I'm like, well, why don't you just leave now? <laughs> you die in wolf. You die in real life. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Visser three is pissed, and he's just like, I will have the secret. I will have it, and everyone's just sort of like. Freezing, okay. <laughs> and then he just like, okay, I've punished the one responsible. Transport's going to come pick you up later. We've got the backup plan. It was always the better plan. <laughs> we'll simply take control of a few of the humans working on the base, and they've identified who the best person to do is. And then this is where I look because Vista Three swings between incredibly competent and just the messiest bitch, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I love him for it. Um, because he immediately cottons on to that some of the horses there are not yurks mm-hmm. controlling horses. Um, the horse controller tries to explain that it's normal for horses to herd together. Visa three is not pleased to hear this and is looking at him like, pointing out, fool, do you not realize the Andalite bandits who plague us can morph any animal they like, including horses? <laughs> um, I will have to kill these creatures just to be sure. Uh, and Cassie, legend. Uh, just like acts like a horse, just like chews some grass, do what horses do, and wasn't modest about it. And the vessel laughs. I suppose they're real horses after all. It's just like still better kill them. But... <laughs> <laughs> uh, just in case, let's just fuck them up. <laughs> um, so it's time to uh book it. Yep, they um, just run. But but Minneapolis Max is kind of a bit of a wants to he's got a bit of a fight energy mm-hmm. uh, and just runs straight at a hawk bajir mm-hmm. um and like clonks a hawk bajir in the head mm-hmm. um with one of its like rears back and just like cracks a hawk bajir in the face mm-hmm. um and then cassie steps on the uh dragon beam mm-hmm. or lands i should say with both hooves on it and breaks it um and it was just really lucky but then they are uh running Run, run, run. Uh, pork bajir are very fast. Um, however, uh, and they're being chased by Humvees. However, uh, the, the Humvees belong to the security troops from the base. And so the hork bajir are like, uh, oh, better not get caught by those guys. And they run back and leave. <laughs> and then Rachel sums up the entire book. Well, that was stupid from start to finish. <laughs> <laughs> We and could have gotten killed, and for what? Over something the Yerks don't even recognize. And this is where we get the fucking reveal from uh-huh. Axe about what it is. Just like, yep. yeah, I was going to say before, but we had to run. It's not a spaceship. It's not a weapon. It isn't human. And Cash just like, I guess we'll never probably find out what it is. And Axe like, why won't you find out? And then just like, of course the Yerks don't know what it is. They've never been aboard a do- Andalite dome ship. Axe, are you telling us you do know what this thing is? Of course, I started to tell you, but we were interrupted. So, so what is it? It's a disposal module of a type used in the old days on the first generation of Andalite dome ships. When the modules were used up, they were jettisoned into space. They were supposed to be aimed towards a star so they'd be burned up without a trace. This one must have drifted through space, eventually being caught by Earth's gravity. So it's a space engine? It's a weapon? No, of course not. It's, well, this is a bit embarrassing. It's an Andalite Dome ship's modular disposal system. For about a full minute, no one said anything. Then Marco spoke. You're telling me the most secret place on Earth, the fabled Zone 91, 
the holy grail of conspiracy nuts, is hiding the secret of an Andalite toilet? Only a very primitive model, Axe said condescendingly. Since those days, there have been huge technological improvements. It's an Andalite <laughs> porta potty. Yep. <laughs> I appreciate this book at least knows what it's about. Because yep. we have this line from Cassie, we had done some very important things as Animorphs. We had fought some terrible and vital battles. This wasn't one of them. <laughs> to quote Mac, no shit, honey. <sighs> uh, Cassie gets home and her parents are so fucking angry because she's out way past curfew. Um, and uh, Cassie tries to explain that she was out with Rachel uh, her mom doesn't uh, doesn't buy this. She says, out with Rachel doing what? You missed dinner? It's dark out. You didn't tell us where you were going. Um, <laughs> I love her dad in the background in a soft, quiet voice. We were very worried. Um, and Cassie's very sorry. She didn't want to make her parents worry. Um, her mom is just fucking going at it. I love that we get these details. One about um, yeah. that her mom always takes the lead on this kind of thing because mm -hmm. her dad gives in too easily. She thinks mm -hmm. she's tougher. She thinks that because it happens to be true. And she talks about how, like, her mom seems to get bigger. Mm -hmm. um, and I just, the way we see our parents, especially as children, just like, I love those details. Mm -hmm. uh, and I also love this detail where she feels the guilt welling up inside of her. She hates it when they say when they say they've been worried. See, I understand about worry now. I feel worry all the time for Rachel and Jake and the others. Sometimes I lie in bed at night and worry for the whole human race. Um, she's really sorry. She said she was with Rachel and Jake. And as soon as she says Jake's name, her parents look at each other. Uh, her dad starts smiling. Um, and her mom is just like, you know, we have discussed your dating. And I thought we decided you were still too young. <laughs> and Cassie's just like, dating? <laughs> and Mo's just like, have up the legend. Maybe it's time for us to have another talk about the birds and the bees. <laughs> and Cassie's there just like blood draining out of her head and then blushing furiously. She's like, I'm not dating. And her dad's just like, <clears throat> it's nothing to be ashamed of. You're a normal young girl. You have certain interests, certain fascinations, a natural curiosity. It's just like, at this point, I wanted to dig a hole right in the living room floor, crawl in and pull the rug over me. All we're saying is be honest with us, my mum said all stern again. Do not make us worry about you. And goes like, absolutely, I swear I won't make you worry. Can I please go? And she goes into the kitchen to make herself some sandwich. And fucking this bit is real good. Mm -hmm. uh, she tiptoes back to the kitchen door to hear what her mom and dad are saying. Uh, See, I heard my mother say smugly, you were right, as usual, my dad said. It's the only way. Let's face it. Cassie works so hard already. What can you do? You can't give her punishment work or make her stay in her room. We have a very cool kid. That kind of gave me a warm feeling. Your parents have to love you, but I felt as if my parents liked me too, as a person. Yes, we do have a cool kid, my mom agreed. But on those rare occasions when she screws up, the only way to really discipline her is to embarrass her. <laughs> Next time we can tell her we're going to have Jake and his parents over to discuss rules for their relationship, my mom said. <laughs> or as a backup plan, we could threaten to take her into Father Banyan as a family discussion about intimacy, <laughs> says her dad. 
Just so like, much I'd- for my warm inner glow. So my parents knew I liked Jake, and they knew that any discussion of that fact would embarrass me to death. Parents, you can never completely trust them. God. Uh, but this conversation with her parents uh, triggers a memory uh, about the backup plan, uh, because she remembers something Visser 3 said about a backup plan, about infesting uh, uh, soldiers. Um, but she doesn't really understand why they would still be interested. Um, so she just kind of goes to sleep. Uh, but then at four o'clock in the morning, she wakes up, sits bolt upright in bed and stares into the darkness. So it's a toilet, I cried. That's not important. It's an alien toilet. An alien toilet! That's the point! Of course, even if it was just a toilet, it meant the government had proof of life on other planets, proof that the Yerks did not want them to have. The Yerks were invading Earth. One of the reasons they were getting away with it was that no sensible person would ever believe it. Even if I went on national TV and announced that aliens were invading, who'd ever believe me? Even if I morphed right in front of people, they'd figure it was just some other kind of weirdness. Um, and so she remembers uh, back when she and Marco and Rachel were captured by uh, Captain Torelli that there was a sign-up sheet on the wall of uh, of like a get-together that the, the soldiers are planning. They're just going to all go out to the gardens with their families and have a nice time. Uh, and, uh, Cassie is willing to bet that that is when the Yurks will strike. Um, and, <laughs> well, there were probably plenty of better places, actually, but Visser 3 was not known for being patient, and the trip to the gardens would be his soonest opportunity to strike. <laughs> so we, uh, get some background on the gardens, which we've been to before, um, but this is the first time we're sort of seeing it, um, at night. I think mm-hmm. it is implied that it's evening, right? Uh, yeah, I yeah. understand. Oh yeah, the, the garden, the gardens at night are very are two very different halves. There's the uh, the zoo part where all the animals are sort of like just chilling, and uh, it's all ablaze at the amusement park. Uh, Tilda Wells go in, merry go round, roller coasters, uh, of light racing round, and the flash, intermittent flash of the cam, the photograph, uh, the camera on the log ride, um, as they sort of fly in in um Al Morph or Cassie at least is. And then we have this moment and my heart aches a little bit for Cassie here. Mm-hmm. Um because she thought the people weren't supposed to be here until eight o'clock. Um and Cassie says that's what I thought because the sign up sheet said eight o'clock. Um actually it said nineteen hundred hours, but that's eight right. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mark is like, um, no, these guys have been here for an hour already and the Yerks may have already infested their target. Um, but yeah, they, they put it together that this is the people there. Cause like a lot of like 20 to 30 year old guys with short hair, like a military looking crowd. <laughs> Just, you know, some military looking dudes looking yeah. very military. Under the night, under the group booking of Gondor Industries. Yep. Tight Lord of the Rings reference. Tight, tight. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and so they they now know how now have they now no longer have time to prepare. There we go. There was a sentence. Um, and Cassie's like giving herself a hard time uh, for fucking it up. Uh, something over as simple as the time. Yeah. Um, but figures, because she knows the gardens the best, the easiest places they're going to be able to grab people is the dark section of the log ride, where it's inside, 
or the House of Horrors ride. Uh, so they split oh. up. Uh, Cassie, Jake, and Marco go for the log ride. Rachel, Tobias, and Axe check out the House of Horrors. Um, and Cassie continues to beat herself up, but Jake uh, is uh, is is telling her not to beat herself up. We wouldn't even have known about this if you hadn't figured it out, which is true. Um, and Marco um, uh, is like is also being really sweet to the point that mm-hmm. he has to to invert it. For future mm-hmm. reference, all you have to do is subtract twelve. Marco said to translate military time, just subtract twelve. Then, as an afterthought, af- as an afterthought, he added, "Duh," uh, because he can't <laughs> he, he can't uh, ruin his uh, mm-hmm. rep his, as a funny guy. His rep as a funny guy. Um, I gotta ask, is it like, because I always hear it referred to as, mil- still referred to a lot as military time, even now. And mm-hmm. I suppose it's because, like, with uh, digital clocks are a lot more common. But mm-hmm. then I remembered, like, I know a lot of Americans don't have 24 hour clocks, or a lot of friends I don't, just like it'll just be AM and PM. Yeah. Whereas, like, all like clocks on computers and stuff here, unless you manually set them otherwise, are the 24 hour clock. Huh. So I'm I'm used to reading it as like 1900 hours. Granted, I sometimes say it out loud incorrectly, but I think that's an autism thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like I find it very odd not knowing that. But then I think about how not everyone uses the 24 hour clock the same way. Yeah, I so. definitely didn't know how to convert military time for a long time. Like I would always mix it up like this. Mm-hmm. Um, but eventually I learned the subtract 12 thing. Uh, and after that, it made sense. But I, I was definitely like one of those that didn't understand it until someone explained it. Mm. Um, they demorph and get uh, into the line for the log ride. Um, I appreciate like they talk about how they've not got shoes, but this is the garden, so people dress weird all the time. <laughs> Just like what? how are people dressing to go to the theme park where you live? Well, if it does have a water ride, then like some people mm. will, will wear straight up bathing suits too. That's the, true. To yeah, park. but you still wear shoes. You do still wear <laughs> shoes. You're um, walking on asphalt. Yeah, it is night, so it's not as hot. But I, I don't imagine that most places would let you walk around barefoot. Yeah, um, it's too much of a liability. Um, but the lines are short. They get into the log ride. Sorry, it's just the three of them get in, and somebody gets in uh, behind them. Yeah, a man in the same st- in the same log. Mm-hmm. And they're talking, the kids. And this would be fun if it'd be a matter of wouldn't wasn't a matter of life and death. Love the log ride, not as good as the coaster, but that big splash at the end is cool. Then that voice, someone said, I know that voice. Cassie turns around, and in the back of the fucking log is Captain Torelli. <laughs> <laughs> the interrogator from Zone 91. <laughs> and that's when the log hits the chain lift, which engages, and they start going clink, 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 clink up the slope. And Sorelli's just like, you're under arrest. And his date's like, honey, what's with going his on? Date. <laughs> and Jake's just like, yeah, what's going on? <laughs> Jake's like, what the fuck? And Cassie's like, yeah, that's the guy from Zone 91. <laughs> and then they reach the fucking top of the the fucking drop for the log ride. And uh, it's just this is so dumb. <laughs> it's so dumb. They mm-hmm. go down the first the first uh 
uh, slope. There's water everywhere. Um, and, but they're coming up on the tunnel that they think the Yerks might be in. Um, Fuck it. They talk about bailing out of the boat once they get into the dark section of the ride. Otherwise, they're never going to lose the captain. And Marco just turns around to look at this captain. Oh, I'm on the back of the petition, just like, you know, I don't think you can really arrest us. I mean, you're military police, right? And this is not a military base. And fucking Torelli just, like, gets out his cell phone and calls the garden's security. <laughs> <laughs> and Jake's just like, great, good work, Marco. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then they go into the dark section of the ride. Yep. And Cassie steps off the boat uh, and goes into the water. Okay, so uh, I was yeah. complaining about this earlier. <laughs> this next section is fucking dumb. Uh, so Cassie gets swept into like the current of the log flume. Now, I don't know how many of you motherfuckers out there. I'm sorry that I called you a motherfucker. It's not, I don't mean to be that aggressive about it. Um how many of you people out there have been on a log flume? But it's basically like roughly the same sort of like current speed as, as like a brisk walk. Uh, and also the water is probably only about like, like a foot and a half deep. So, <laughs> so unless, and from what I can understand from Cassie, from her own description, she's a pretty stout, stout person. So I doubt that she's going to get swept up in the raging rapids of like, <laughs> like uh, of the garden's goddamn log flume then she proceeds to get taken uphill by the water which is not how the fucking water works and is also detailed in the book how the fucking log flume already works you go and drops you the fuck off because water doesn't go uphill by its goddamn self <laughs> oh yeah and then this implied there's another <laughs> drop as well right yep. um so, but it's like, and the worry about being caught, it's just like, a lot of the time these log flumes, like I've worked at an attraction with a boat ride doing the same sort of thing, got it on a smaller scale. And a lot of the time they're on a rail as well, like to keep it going. It's just sort of like, this is, this is not how this works. <laughs> um, but then Cassie fucking, all this is going on. It's just like flailing around. They're all out of the boat. Captain Torelli's uh, also out of the boat. <laughs> Yeah, they're fucking sliding down a fucking water slide. That's not what a log flume is, generally speaking. Not this kind, anyway. Like, there's plenty <laughs> of, like, chill water boat rides that just sort of have a slide, but that's... No. <laughs> um, but yeah, and just, like, realise that they need to get the fuck out of the way in, like, the lagoon at the bottom so they don't get hit by the next log boat that comes down. <laughs> fucking Captain Torelli's like... Cindy Crawford, you think I don't remember your name? You're under arrest. And then he slips and his head goes under the water and they're able to get away. Um, Jesus, this man dies. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they're just there, just like, and Mark was just like, yeah, pretty fun. If you set aside the whole could have been crushed by a log boat. And Jake's just squeezing the water out of his head, just like, okay, not the log ride. No yucks. House um, of Horrors. Definitely the House of Horrors. Uh, but Security. Torelli lives and is Torelli calling lives and is running after them. <laughs> so they get on the House of Horrors. Uh, barefoot and wet, and then they climb into one of the fucking... Um, cars, I guess? Cars. Yeah, cars on tracks, yeah. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, a fourth guy joins them. A fourth guy joins them. 
Uh, <laughs> Cassie See, is this... relieved that at least there isn't any water. Um, and this guy just yelled, like, are you got kids uh, scared? And she's like, nah. Uh, pretty good at handling scary stuff. Uh, the guy with the crew cut in the car with the comments about them being cynical. Um, mm-hmm. They're moving through. Uh, Torelli and three security guys are in the car behind them on the track. Mm-hmm. So just like, hey, Captain, having fun. And Torelli's just like, don't let those kids get away. Uh, the kids try to like, fight, pass it off as a joke. And <laughs> Jen's just like, Captain Torelli has never joked in his life. <laughs> um, and this is where this actually gets cool. Yeah. Uh, this visual here. Uh, because, uh, the ride gets really weird because there are perfect life-size replicas of six Hork-Bajir warriors all standing behind them, also frozen in place. It was a creature with the body of a deer, the tail of a scorpion, and a mouth- mouthless face. They were all very lifelike, probably because they were alive. Mr. Three was in the House of Horrors. <laughs> okay, now I'm scared, Marco said. <laughs> um, Where are Rachel, Tobias, and X? Jake asked. There, I said, I pointed to a frozen life-size replica of one of the scariest things on Earth, an 800-pound grizzly bear. The grizzly was on its hind legs reared up. It was standing perfectly still, except for the fact that you could see it breathing. Sitting atop the grizzly bear was a bird. It was too dark to make out the tail feathers, but I could guess what color they were. And completing this odd tableau, a rattlesnake was coiled around the grizzly bear's upstretched paw. Rachel and the others must have seen the Yorks moving into place. They'd gotten there first and were now waiting for the Yorks to make their moves. The loudspeaker blared, beware the graveyard ghouls. In between the hork the viscer, my friends, and the bear, the hawk, and the snake were really fake-looking tombstones topped with greenish skulls. This is the best part of the ride, Jones said. Those big blade mar- monsters, they are really cool. <laughs> this is so go- totally going to turn ugly, Marco said. Uh, um. The... <laughs> Cassie twigs that they're going to go for Torelli as like a senior person at zone 19, at zone 91. Um, and then shit kicks off mm-hmm. as they pass the, uh, tableau of the, uh, Hawk Bajir and Animorphs. The kids, uh, get out of the car and realize that the, they need to morph, uh, pretty quick mm-hmm. because this fight is going on. Um, the Hawk Bajir might be going, but, uh, Rachel is in action. Um, uh, the axe in the rattlesnake morph, uh, like wraps himself around one of the Hulk does, uh, poisons it. Tobias does Tobias attacking, uh, one of the other Hulk Um, but as good as that is, there's still four Hulk there to deal with. Um, yep. even though Rachel's having a great time, uh, beating them up. And Vista 3 starts screeching about the antelope bandits being here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the viscer pouted. We can't stay and fight. Much as I would enjoy destroying these vermin, we have priorities. Bring the human. Uh, Jake, Marco, and Cassie uh, kind of go into the shadows and uh, begin to morph. Um, and uh, Cassie's morphing wolf. Rachel needs help. Uh, but Visser Green, two of the hork are disappearing from view with Captain Torelli. Uh, People are still passing by on the ride every few seconds, and then the carload ro- rolls past. And Cassie's morphing, uh, but the people in the ride think that she's a werewolf. Uh, they're all in deep shadows, so no one recognizes them. Um, she was 
Cassie's just finishing her morph. She'd gone as quickly as possible from human to wolf. We know that she's the fastest morpher. Um, and uh, they, all three of them are in battle morphs. There's nothing on earth like a wolf's sense of smell and a wolf's sense of hearing. And she can tell exactly where Captain Torelli has gone. Uh, and they run. Uh, and there's this, this huge chase. Um, in the middle uh, of a theme park. In the middle of a theme park, because Visser 3 uses his andalite tail to slice through the back wall of the House of Horrors, and everyone just goes running through the gardens. So, uh, I'm, not, I'm confused slightly about exactly what the fucking andalite tail can and cannot cut through. Is it like, just Most are we just wolverine clawing this fucking tail? Yeah. Is that how this thing Basically, works? Basically, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I assume that it might have been... Um, maybe a wooden inner wall or something like mm-hmm. that because it says a hawk bajin knocks it down. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, know. I'm imagining like a wood standee or something, but yeah, maybe. But yes, basically, uh, andalite tails can cut through anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Should they're have taken that tail. All, yep, they're all running after Captain Torelli and Visser Three and the hawk bajir. Uh, there's a band playing, playing 76 trombones, uh, and a parade. Um, there are dance teams, clowns, floats, cartoon characters, uh, all in bigger than life costumes. They're all just running through this. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Visser 3 is very disconcerted by one of the costume wearing people because she takes off her head. (laughs) <laughs> he decapitates the head. He decapitates the head and she sticks her head out of the hole because she had been stuck down in it. And she's like, what's the fuck? What's the matter with you? And the visitor's like, what kind of creature is that? I do appreciate it. It's specifically a Daffy Duck mm-hmm. mascot as well. Just like, just very good. Yeah. Um, but, and yeah, they're fighting through the middle of this parade and it's brutal yeah. mm-hmm. um, as it usually is. There's this really, it's, stupid and i'm fairly certain this would maybe probably kill the animal mm-hmm. involved but uh it's described that marco is like using axe's snake morph like a bullwhip like snapping him out to bite somebody and then pulling him back mm-hmm. which is just a dope visual even if i'm fairly certain that would do severe spinal damage <laughs> yep uh everyone is people applauding. in the yeah the they crowd love loves it just like shit. This is a uh, this is sweet. Uh, but uh, Cass, they lose sight of Captain Torelli, but Cassie can still smell him. Uh, and so they run out. Um, Captain Torelli is accusing the Hork Bajir of being connected to the damn kids. Uh, and uh, Cassie catches up, launches herself through the air, uh, hits the Hork Bajir holding Captain Torelli, uh, and he Captain Torelli bolts. Um. Uh. And then uh, the the Yerks just leave. Yeah, like they just. Mister Three is running, and the Hawk Bajir is just like, well, if the boss is out, we're out too. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and um, I love this detail. Um, that the they parked the bug fighters on top of the alien adventure ride, uh-huh. <laughs> which they launch from. So. And the kid in the crowd being just like, that's not what alien spaceships look like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his grandfather, I was taken aboard a spaceship once. The aliens performed medical experience experiments on me, and their ship was nothing like that. 
<laughs> we've 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 had a script in our ship described, and they aren't anything like a blight, uh, bug fighter. Exactly. So. Yeah. Uh, and then we have the last chapter. It's uh, so the, short. It's so dumb. The official story in the newspaper and on the local TV news was that a group of pranksters had dressed up as monsters and vandalized the House of Horrors. They had also carried out a mock abduction of an Air Force captain named Torelli. The captain was only slightly injured. Captain Torelli was quoted in the newspaper as saying, It was those kids. I'm looking for three kids named Fox Mulder, Dana Scully, and Cindy Crawford. The reporter wondered if perhaps Captain Torelli had been drinking, and when Captain Torelli was asked what an Air Force officer was doing at a company outing for Gondor Industries, he said, No comment. Forget I said anything at all. I was obviously mistaken. Nothing happened. We met up at the barn the next day, Jake, Rachel, Tobias, Axe, Marco, and I, the Animorphs, the six kids who are just trying to save the world. Just one question, Rachel asked. Don't you think, in all fairness, in all decency, in all kindness, we should tell Captain Torelli he's guarding an alien toilet? I shook my head. No, Rachel, that wouldn't be kind at all. He and the others have a meaning to their lives now. Why should we destroy all that and make them feel trivial and foolish? Ooh, wisdom, Marco mocked gently. (laughs) So the most secret place on Earth remains secret, Jake said thoughtfully. Maybe that is wise. The Yerks will continue to try and penetrate the secret of Zone 91, Tobias pointed out. Yeah, but the captain will really be on guard now, Jake said. Besides, maybe it's all for good. It will keep them busy, keep the Yerks from doing anything more dangerous, Rachel said with a laugh. Everyone needs a project, right? Everyone needs some hopeless cause to pursue. A quest. A mission. (laughs) As she said that last part, she was eyeing the hem of my jeans. Then she started shaking her head. When did you buy those, Cassie, when you were four? She asked. These jeans are fine. Yeah, if you're expecting a flood... Wait a minute, I held up my hand. Isn't this how this whole thing started? Leave Cassie alone, Jake said. We're not going to start this all over. No way. Except maybe for the horse racing thing, Marco said. See, all I'm saying is we morph racehorses, right? And then we bet. And that's when I dumped a bucket of water on Marco's head and we all went home. (laughs) And kick flipped into the fucking sun. It sounds like a parody. (laughs) I hate it. (laughs) I hate it so much. It's so fucking dumb. (laughs) <laughs> God, I, like we joke about uh, kick flipping into the fucking sun at the end of these books, but like this one, mm-hmm. <laughs> takes the cake. Everybody jumps, freeze frame. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jaunty music plays. God, fade out to credits. It's fucking. Oh my God. This book is so dumb. Did this episode it's, get translated into the god awful TV show? It did not. Right. <laughs> oh. So that's book 14. That's book 14. <laughs> uh, you made it. We somehow made four pages of notes. Uh, still last two hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> go team. Go team. Making that content. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian, what did you think of this book? Um, it seemed dumb. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, it definitely feels like, so, so in the kind of like two part thing about the Animorphs that I, I, re- I watched on the YouTube, mm-hmm. the reason I was mostly interested in is was not super concerned with like the story story like it was like hey the story of animorphs it's good uh and i will agree with this from what i know seems fine um 
<laughs> I was expecting more of a pushback on Seems Fine. Um, <laughs> well, we Danielle just finished knows. this book, so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but they were talking, he talked a lot about, like, the format <laughs> and, like, how mm-hmm. the book was released, which was very interesting mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way they sort of planned the show or planned the book series like it's a television show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so basically this is like, this is your anime filler episode. Um, yes. Naruto, Sasuke, and uh, Sakura, they're all fucking fucking off getting some kind of ramen this episode. That's what's happening here. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So as far as filler episodes go, uh, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got like a decent, like, the, you know, the reveal that like... Um, all of the sci- or all of the military guys are guarding a toilet. Pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> though, I have to imagine they've done when they brought it in. They did some sort of level of biological scan. Like, like here's what happens when you bring in an alien object. First, you you <laughs> go about it with normal science ways, and then you bring in like experts on things to try and get you some details on it, which is what I imagine would happen. Because this is how the military right. approaches everything. So at some point they would bring in an anthropologist, and the anthropologist mm-hmm. would be like, "That's shit." <laughs> I suppose uh, for the sake of being a contrarian, mm-hmm. um, I say contrarian herbivores. One alien plant matter. And to like, if it you don't have a biological, if you don't have a reference for what's been eaten, how could you tell? Well, I mean, like we have discovered quite a number of herbivores' shit, and discovered quite a bit <laughs> many things about like <laughs> the history of those herbivores' shit uh, yeah, throughout like, history. Dinosaur yeah. poop is a is a field of study. It's true. I know a lot <laughs> about the, the Viking or the diet of Vikings from uh, their shit. <laughs> you personally yes me personally <laughs> i'm listen i mean i didn't want to brag about it at the top of the episode but i am the nation's <laughs> foremost expert in viking shit <laughs> uh, oh, <laughs> so i feel like at some point they would just bring in an anthropologist and they would be like yeah you got a box full of shit on your hands now given it's alien shit that's wild this is still buck wild <laughs> But you got a box full of alien shit here. Maybe they just haven't got to that point yet. <laughs> well, theoretically, this has been there since, like, the 50s. Yeah, I don't so... know why it's sitting on a pedestal, like, like... <laughs> Maybe they haven't been able to access the uh, holding part of the uh, waste. Yeah, well, what's interesting is, like... Pot- so, like, what a- actual Area 51 does is not protect, like, uh, an alien spacecraft. They just do uh, experimental um, aircraft stuff there, mm, uh, right. which is why they don't want you there. <laughs> um, maybe they have an alien. I don't know. But, like, the thing is, like, the the conspiracy around Area 51 is that they have this alien technology and they make stuff from it. That's why there's such a big mm-hmm. base at Area 51. That's how we derive, like, stealth bombers and shit like that. That's what the conspiracy is. In this, like, Zone 91, it's a military facility with hundreds, like, of thousands of dollars, maybe millions of dollars being pumped into it every year 
to guard a box that does nothing. That we know is an alien object, but is still a box that does nothing. <laughs> we, it can't be the only thing on that base. Oh, no one seems to... The, Visser 3 does not give a dusty fuck about anything else on that base. <laughs> mm. that, yeah, that, I mean, it doesn't mean there's nothing else. Unlike Cassie's dad does talk about them doing tests. Yeah, I mean, I think it base. is also an Air Force base. Yeah. Uh, but... Yeah, they're definitely think, not doing any kind yeah. of research with this thing. At least it doesn't seem like it. I mean, there was a scientist there because she dropped her yogurt. It was <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, at some point, like they were like, "Okay, well, we're just going to turn this into like an experimental, uh, like testing base." And you know what happens to the weird alien object that does nothing? It gets put in a box in a room at the bottom of the base. No one guards <laughs> it. No one stops. Everyone stops giving a shit about it. Yep. Yep, it gets rolled into the room from fucking Indiana Jones mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, next to the Ark of the Covenant. <sighs> now it gets uh, fur- pushed further back because the Ark of the Covenant at least does something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and really what we're missing here is the angle of the anthropologists have it all figured out. This is clearly some sort of artifact of religious significance. Uh that the Andalites used, or that the aliens used, they don't know that they're Andalites. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they're trying to figure out what gods the the aliens worshipped uh, based huh. on the writing and the tubing on the walls. Huh. Um, because God forbid anyone ask uh, any practical-minded individuals. Right. <laughs> One of my favorite stories, just um, mm-hmm. I can't remember what site it was, but an archaeologist finding this tool, they couldn't work out what it was. And so I'm just like, oh, yeah, no, we still use that. It's like a leather scraper or something because mm-hmm. it hasn't changed. It, was mm-hmm. like, it does the job perfectly. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. Like- and they were like, oh, this is some kind of like wand that they used in rituals. And he was like, no. No. <laughs> yeah, that's just like, it's like they would bring in an engineer and anthropologists and between the two of them i feel like over the course of 40 years somebody would be like i think this is a fucking toilet <laughs> no one understands anything until one day the janitor's walking by and happens mm. like his walkman dies and so he's he he is bored out of his gourd and he looks mm-hmm. up at this thing for the first time in his 20-year career and he's like that's a fucking toilet. <laughs> that's a, por- a porta potty right there. I'm not gonna fucking tell them anything. <laughs> <laughs> Danielle, put that janitor in dumb kids in Boston. <laughs> the one guy who knows everything and just doesn't say anything out of spite. <laughs> it's a powerful motivator. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Brian but, is right. It is a filler episode, uh, yeah. but it does have some good, good character yeah. moments. And yeah. it's not yeah, filler say, episodes really- are there to no. expand on characterization. They're not yeah. there to like push the plot along because sometimes you can't yeah. do those two things at the same time. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. This is true. Um, yeah. and it only seems weird because it's like it's our first real filler episode. Um, and it it. It's just so fucking buck wild. Um, I th- I think following on the back of the change as well. Yeah, and it just like such a sh- 
you got to be careful where you put your filler episodes because otherwise <laughs> they feel worse. Yeah. Like if it's like a, oh, and breathe, which I get sometimes that is nice, but this just feels a little bit too silly. Yeah. I think like I'm all for lightness and fun filler episodes, but mm-hmm. just maybe as a, I think as a kid, I probably would have liked it more. Yeah. I will say this is one as like an adult. I'm just, I was like, man, I don't find the gags necessarily that funny, mm-hmm. but there are elements of this. I, I super enjoyed. Uh, I really liked Cassie uh, in this book. I feel like Ka yeah. did not do her dirty this time around. Yeah, and part of that is she isn't spending half the book like trying to moralize mm-hmm. through her. Um, it's just kind of like Cassie is Cassie, the the yeah. animal expert on the team, and compassionate and yeah, sometimes a little but- silly. Yeah, and we see like her self doubt as well, and mm-hmm. moments like that, and her as always really interesting perspectives on the others yeah and it's just sort of like this is that's the yeah and that's again the frustrating thing because when it comes to plot she always seems to be so burdened down with the same thing on repeat mm-hmm. yeah uh it is definitely better than megamorphs one. Oh yeah <laughs> uh because <laughs> megamorph see megamorphs one had an interesting plot idea but it was executed terribly this is a dumbass plot idea but it's executed well (laughs) they do commit to the bit yeah i will give them that that's the important it doesn't matter what the bit is you just got to commit to it and eventually it gets there yeah Mm. Mm -hmm. it was consistent they had a theme this is our area 150 this is our area 51 piss take with poop jokes Mm -hmm. yep it's it's I can imagine KA sitting around the dinner table drinking fucking whiskey because Michael Grant definitely drinks some hard ass shit. Uh and he's just like, you know what would be funny? <laughs> <laughs> KA's eyes open open wide, glistening with excitement a- after he finishes the explanation. She goes, We could call it a shit post. <laughs> Yeah. What was your favorite part? Huh? What was your favorite part? Oh, uh, the, uh, <laughs> 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 to be perfectly honest, the, the visual of, of like all of the aliens and the animorphs all just kind of like stopped stock still because they're all trying to pretend <laughs> to be like fake things for a second while all the humans uh-huh. pass by is pretty yeah. solid. Yeah. It, it's a really good visual. Mm-hmm. In, in my head, I like picture like a strobe light or something, mm-hmm. or like mm-hmm. intermittently flashing. It's just really Same. striking and cool, and yeah, right. The moving between like between flashes yes. of the strobe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly that. Mm-hmm. Um, I also say for pure goal, like I would say it's favorite, but it's like the fucking visual of a bunch of horses just running into a hangar yeah. is very good. <laughs> just like and now they're they just, and then they're just in there just staring at this space porta potty just like yep. there's some choice visuals in this yeah 
And then they just about face and like, well, that was one thing I'm confused about. I remember I was mad about this, but I didn't mention it because I was letting Danielle finish the thought. And then I got probably mad about something else or something. Um, (laughs) So when the the yurked horse, the beginning is like shitting, then gets embarrassed and goes behind a tree. Right. Mm -hmm. These are like slug creatures that used to live in just a fucking pond communally. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do they have tiny little pond bathrooms or are they not just <laughs> shit and piss and all in the pond? I think it's the indignity of the morph because yeah. you see a lot of that just like talking about the shape, the whatever host they're in at any given time. Mm-hmm. But yes, uh, it does strike me as a little like. Well, I think too, it like if you think about uh, uh, certain like slug like creatures. Um, uh, and now I'm imagining Art listening to this and grading my insect knowledge. Um, <clears throat> but, like, there's, there are certain creatures who don't, like, they don't poop. They just kind of, like, excrete things through their skin. Um, which I imagine is kind of what the Yerks do. Uh, because they're not eating anything necessarily. They act they almost absorb. more like plants, right? They, yeah, they that's absorb fair. light. And so, like, going into a host and all of a sudden you have to deal with things like pooping and eating and all of these other gross bodily functions. I don't know. Do we know um, that plants don't shit? Have you seen them not do it? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to put Brian in a room with a biologist and see what it takes to make them cry. <laughs> I've done science experiments. Uh, <laughs> I I grew a plant upside down. <laughs> um, the little the little bean plants that you, you stick the bean in like the cup with the paper towel that's wet, and you hang it upside down, and then the bean sprouts, and then it climbs up because it recognizes gravity. Did y'all do that experiment? Was it just me? I did it's, not do that one. It was just me. Uh, <laughs> um. You're a science nerd, and we love you. As you can imagine, <laughs> I've probably I've not drugged too much, too many plants inside my house at any given time. That's fair. Nature does hate you. Yeah. Um. Uh. But yeah, that that was kind of my take on it, and especially if they've been infesting a lot of like humans recently. Humans are really weird about poop. That's true. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, and we know that sometimes like host mentalities will rub off on the the yurks and so it could be that a lot of these are usually human controllers and so they're just like i just want to pitch the notion of just like either did these people fuck up or was this a good job to get to be the guys who have to go be horses (laughs) i think maybe at first it was a good job uh, because it's like you're going to be on this super secret mission to infiltrate this human base uh and then they realized what they were doing (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well i think the thing then, is that like maybe they partly they're partly like oh these humans they can't possibly like they don't actually have anything right uh mm-hmm. and then, and then fast- they get this scan that the alloy is there and it's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. yeah and then fucking you know flash forward to visor three cutting your goddamn horse head off you're like ah shit yeah visor <laughs> <laughs> three's a terrible boss <laughs> Uh, Jade, what was your favorite part? 
I think it's the this is that scene in mm-hmm. the uh, in the haunted house because yeah. it's just so visually striking, mm-hmm. and just I like it a lot. There's these quiet moments I think peppered throughout the little yeah. snippets that I really enjoyed, but yeah, I, I tend to like the combat scenes in they're, the books. Yeah, they're always very good. So also thing i'm mad about that when cassie goes down the slide part of the thing usually mm-hmm. those are incredibly st- steep because like the boat doesn't mm-hmm. just like it slides down on a rail that's what it's doing they're always yeah like because mm-hmm. otherwise the boat could bounce and then a whole cart full of fucking people would just fly into the fucking air <laughs> and unfortunately this isn't roller coaster tycoon uh <laughs> So, like, Cassie and this dude would have bounced, because there's not a lot of water on it anyway. It's not like uh-huh. a rushing thing mm-hmm. of water. Uh, mm-hmm. Cassie and this dude would have just bounced down this 150-foot, maybe 200-foot slide, fallen into a foot and a half of water, which wouldn't have actually broken their fall, because they would have picked up enough momentum that the water would hurt, and then they would just go through it into the fiberglass bottom of this thing. They would die. They would be this, dead. This implies maybe a, a lack of understanding about the logistics of logic. True. I would, it would have been actually funnier if at the end of the, like, it's all this hilarious buildup and they're like, oh, he's dead. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Oh God, God. <laughs> Cassie, what, like flopping around in the water the whole time, uses the uses the time to turn into like I don't know, a fucking trout or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, I assume that they've morphed like a salmon. Um, they they have a trout morph, yes. <laughs> uh, and so we just see like Cassie just like jumping down the slide as this man tumbles, body breaking, cracking. <laughs> Just hits the bottom. They're like, "Oh no, we've killed him." Well, at least we prevented Visser Three from gaining any sort of knowledge. Uh, Your sacrifice will be remembered. Salutes as a trout. Let me rewrite Animorphs. I'll be great at this. Uh. I think my favorite part was the uh, interrogation by Captain Torelli because it's just, mm-hmm. it's so on point. And I love, like, how Marco is gaming the system the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, did anything surprise you? The sheer amount of dumb fuckery? <laughs> like, no, no plot beats or anything. I was just there, just like, this is the story they're telling? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, oh yeah, that was just a lot of that. <laughs> <laughs> just a lot of okay this is what we're doing okay yep it just keeps going yeah you, I will, this is one of the things i'll say it's just like just because you hang a lampshade on it doesn't excuse the thing you did just like mm-hmm. them saying just like this was a whole bunch of stupid about nothing just like yeah it was <laughs> don't write it <sighs> what about you brian um that's my gripe. <laughs> it's weird how much of like I know this is a filler episode, but like you could I listen, I get page counts. It's just like I gotta hit a number. <laughs> tap 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 tap. Um But like you could cut out so much of this mm-hmm. like one way or the other, right? Like mm-hmm. cut out the stupid toilet plot and just have like a fun story where the kids go to the mall. Why didn't we just focus on that? That would have been a much better book, frankly. 
Mm. Like, cut mm-hmm. out the dumb alien toilet shit. And there's some kind of conspiracy happening at the mall. But we spend, like, a large portion of the book of the kids shopping, like, as a group, like, interacting, playing off of each other. And then all of a sudden, yeah. bum, bum, bum. Uh, the yeah. yurks are, they've yurked the hot topic. <laughs> yeah. Like, more of just, like, showing Axe what it is to be human and teaching him. Because there's not nearly enough of that. And just, like, every so often having to go into the to the bathroom or like a changing room so axe can demorph and then morph back to human like mm-hmm. that would be fun yep <sighs> any parts that didn't make sense to you besides the part that didn't make sense <clears throat> no nah, just the uh, any logic fallacies within there that it's yeah. fine yeah <laughs> this is fine it's just there's a lot of hand waving going on here yep mm-hmm Ugh, fucking talking horses. <laughs> that one's pretty solid. <laughs> like the, I see. I like the idea that the like the this alien common tongue was like purpose built, invented, so you could talk it with any sort of shape mouth. That is cool. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that is. I like yeah. that. Like it's not, it's not I, just a, a common. Like it's not like people picking up a common language. Like, a, like mm. a whole bunch of people in different countries all speaking some variation on English, right? It mm-hmm. is a language. Like, all right, we got all these fucking people. <laughs> Look at all these different <laughs> motherfuckers. We have to build a language, language for us to be able to communicate to correctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is a good idea. Mm-hmm. I was also never so much come up again, I'm sure. <laughs> I was amused by uh, there being a, a Mr. Ed reference after we not long made one on Dom Kids, I have to say. We made <laughs> Mr. Ed reference? Me. You did. Did I? Mm-hmm. We, we were talking about puppets. I was talking about Mr. Rogers. Didn't you say Mr. Ed? No, I said Mr. Rogers. <laughs> Those are two <laughs> different things. Anyway, that was, oh, I know they are. I know they are. <laughs> <laughs> My brain is a strange place. But either way, <laughs> puppets, horses, I don't know. Clop-a, clop-a, either way, clop-a, clop-a, I was a hello, neighbor. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now there's a crossover. Yeah. I do, the, I do enjoy the, how like, often... misshapen puppets wrapped around a hoof, just like the cat God. flopping around on God. the end of a horse hoof. Why do you have to take it to the horrible place? <laughs> I assume this is why you brought me here. <laughs> oh, <this is> true. <laughs> it's stipulated in your rider. <laughs> yep, it is. Ah, <laughs> uh, all right. I think I think this is the end. Okay, is okay. it? <laughs> <laughs> Brian, thank you for being here. Thanks, Brian. <laughs> I hope you weren't too uh, bored. No, weirded out. <laughs> no, it's very funny. Uh, Good time. Good time was had by all. <laughs> Except for, I guess, uh, where- the, the, like, that horse that got killed by Visser 3 and also the, <laughs> the military yeah. commander I threw down a water slide, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, except for them. Yeah. Uh, uh, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on the internet at RoomwarePod. Um you can find me doing all kinds of podcasts. You know about this already, probably about the room where it happened. I'm sure Danielle's talked about it before. Um, <laughs> if you like this level of pithy comments uh, about another child's <laughs> property, uh, come listen to me and August uh, 
talk about Steven Universe it's on Gay Space Pods. We come out every other Wednesday. Um, the we actually record this Wednesday. Uh, I got our episodes real mixed up, and I thought we only had three episodes left in this season. That's not true. Um, <laughs> the uh, you can also uh, check me out. Uh, in our discord server which uh you should come and hang out in it's a very cool discord server uh it is we we do everything from talking about animorphs screaming into the void talking about wrestling very little to actual talking about podcasts that we're all involved in <laughs> frankly um it's a good time it is in fact stream? the same discord dear listener yeah it's the same discord we're just the just like a whole <laughs> a whole bunch of shit in that discord uh what are you streaming at the moment on mondays uh currently we're going we're going through pyre i think we might be uh, we're probably going to get to the end of that eventually um after we get done with pyre we're going to switch to the odd world series which should be fun mm, nice and that's um, twitch.tv forward slash standing stones prod right? yes uh, yeah. uh on which i think isn't no wait when's this coming out pretty soon uh next not this coming tuesday but the following well never mind zach's thing will not even be close to starting yet (laughs) (laughs) uh all right uh my co-host has been jade you can find them on the internet at jade oxford rose you can find their home podcast follow the leader uh which is a gmless actual play tabletop podcast uh, in which they tell a variety of really cool stories um, with a variety of different people and uh, the same cast of characters through all of them, uh, which is part of what makes it so interesting because you get to see all these characters react to different situations. Uh, that uh, You can find that on Twitter at FTLcast or on the internet in general, uh, FTLcast.com. Uh, you can also listen to them on Dumb Kids Playing Hero, which is, uh, the Animorphs-inspired actual play podcast that all three of us are on, um, and that's DKPHpod on Twitter. And my co-host has been the inimitable Danielle. You can find them on Twitter at RedtailedHawk90. You can find the games they've written at RedtailedHawk90.itch.io. And you can hear them on the podcast Brian mentioned, The Room Where It Happened, at RoomWarePod on Twitter. If you like found families, if you like robots with feelings and having feelings about robots <laughs> and Apple Lecture in space, uh, check it out. It's like Firefly, but like so much better. And no Joss Whedon. Mm-hmm. Check it out. It's great. <laughs> all right let's do a clap well does it matter if uh alistair's not it here? doesn't no i just end the i end the the podcast with a clap oh what <laughs> it's it's part of the ritual oh, okay yeah yeah oh, well, it's, a- it's like it's a clap and it, it starts where the beat drops on the music you wrote oh okay um <laughs> so like it's it's very thematical oh, yeah. nice. <laughs> 25 25